0: Five, four, three, two, one. You're
1: listening to 3CR Community Radio. (laughs)
0: Ruminations, 3CR's Rooming House and Homeless Persons Issues Programme. Featuring information on health and housing services, as well as live local guests,
2: artists and performers from our unsung community.
0: Join us at 12pm on Thursday on 3CR 855 AM. All
2: right. yeah!
1: Hey, how you going, everybody, and welcome to the Ruminations program, 3CR's Peer Homeless Issues program. You're with Kelly. I haven't been in the studio for a little while now, but I'm going to take you up to one o'clock, so you'll be with me for the next hour. So thanks very much for your company, and I want to thank uh, Published or Not for taking us up to 12 o'clock, and the song we played um, uh, in the interval, the interval there was uh, Masses, a local Melbourne band with their song sirens. So Rumination bro- Ruminations broadcasts every Thursday live at noon till 1pm. So you can listen that way on uh, 855 on your radio dial or you can stream us 3cr.org.au. Um, if you miss the live show, uh, we podcast um, some of our shows and you can find our podcasts at 3cr.org.au uh, slash ruminations. So Coming up on the show today, uh, recently I had the pleasure of uh, going down to uh, Port Arlington. Um, uh, a friend of the show is living down there and has gone through a whole bunch of really awful stuff, stuff um, in, in, her, in her private uh, rental tenancy with her landlord the real estate agent, um, for years trying to get uh, proper uh, maintenance uh, done on the property. Uh, so we're going to uh, listen to an interview with her. Her name's Rebecca, and she talks about what it's like, um, the vulnerability that comes with being a single mother uh, in private rental and uh, being poor as well. And then in the second half of the show, uh, I'm going to play um, a recording I made also down in Port Arlington, and that's about a, a project that Rebecca got up a few years ago. It's called the Food is Free Laneway. So I'll wait to um, play that, and you can find out more about that for the women that in, that are involved. But yeah, to me it seemed it was a really great little project in bringing um, some local women together, some of whom have experienced homelessness. So um, without further ado, I'll introduce you to
2: uh, Rebecca and um, I'll catch you in a little while. Okay, well, my name's Rebecca and I'm a 47-year-old single mum of four. I've got three older children, 24, 23 and... 18 and I've got a nearly 4 year old child and I'm yeah currently living down on the beautiful Ballerine Peninsula Um, I've luckily fortunately lucked on a beautiful little beach cottage with a view to Melbourne all over the bay and I can see all the way from probably Werribee to Mount Martha or even further um, on a fine day. Today's a bit grey but yeah, looking at Melbourne right now (laughs) so very very beautiful, so very lucky I grew up in a single parent family in Geelong and ran away from home at 14 and ended up on the streets of St Kilda which wasn't necessarily a bad experience, I think there was good and bad experiences Um, suffered you know, obviously some youth homelessness um, and, uh, yeah, ended up doing some street-based sex work when I was a bit younger and um, had some, yeah, good and bad experiences like everything in life but um, sort of became an advocate for um, peer group um activism, I suppose that would be yeah. peer group activism, um, you know, did some volunteer work at the PCV at the time with Cheryl Overs. The PCV was the Prostitutes Collective of Victoria that ran from probably the mid-80s to um, late 90s and then it became Red Resource Health and Education in the sex industry. Um, around the late 1990s, yeah, and then it sort of was ran by medical professionals instead of sex workers, so... But have always been activist in the sex working community um, with Bixen Collective and Scarlet Alliance in later years, so... But, yeah, I sort of did... In between doing, you know, sex work... Um, You know, was uh, with my former partner for seven years and we had three children together and ran a 500-head Hereford and Angus farm, which was interesting, Being me being a more compassionate person who supports veganism. But, um, you know, it was an experience. But um, I thoroughly enjoyed living the rural lifestyle. Um, You know, just but yeah, ended up, um, it was a violent relationship, so that ended, and, um, I moved back to Geelong for a couple of years, and then moved out here to the Ballarine Peninsula in 2003, and have been here for, well, 16 years now, I thought it was 15 years, but 16 years now, and, um, Lived at my former property for 12 years and um, sort of being a single mum I think you are very aware of housing stability um, wanting to make sure there's always somewhere for your kids to call home and so we stayed in the house for 12 years which was very difficult to get any repair work done. Um, We couldn't use the shower because it gave us electric shocks. Um, We had plumbers attend to that over the at various stages over the years, but I I kept saying to the rental, uh, the real estate, it was an electrical issue, not a plumbing issue. Um, But it was never rectified. We also had our reverse cycle heating um, aircon decided to, to put during a, an electric storm and that was our only source of heating so we had to go and buy space heaters which meant our electricity bills were $1,800 over winter. Um, uh, the house constantly leaked via taps or via the toilet either through the cistern or um, through the pipes that went out to the sewerage, and over f- five years we had that problem, and it was never rectified, despite the plumber often telling the real estate that it needed the toilet needed replacing. Um, Why was it never n- never rectified, um, Rebecca? Well, I was basically told that if I took my landlord to court, then they would. Um, have to tell future landlords that I had taken my current landlord to court. So you had this sort of heavy weight over your head that if you kicked up too much of a fuss about things, then you would just get short-shafted. And basically, when I did kick up, after 12 years, when I did kick up a fuss about things because the house especially in the last three years became absolutely unlivable and I had developed a disability I had a back injury from when I was younger which flared up chronically when I was pregnant with my fourth child and um you know it sort of put me in a very precarious position um even more so so you were kind of at the mercy of um, a slumlord and an incompetent, malevolently incompetent real estate agency that didn't seem to really care what houses, what condition the houses were in. So um, it made it very difficult. Um, I expressed many times over a number of years the continued issues with the house, and nothing was ever addressed properly. There were cracks forming in the walls, and um, you know, I was informed by a building inspector that it was probably due to the guttering leaking, which was pulling under the house. And because the house was on stilts and on a on a slope, um, you you know, you had the house basically sliding into the gradually sliding into the ocean. So um, if it was a house on flat ground, it wouldn't have been so bad. But, you know, yeah, we just could not get anything done unless we really pushed for it.
1: You're listening to the story of Rebecca from Port Arlington talking about uh, being a single mum and a private rental stress on Ruminations, 3CR's peer homeless issues program. So you report these maintenance issues to the real estate agent? Yes, yes. And what would their response be?
2: Um, That they would always say, I will inform the owner of the issues and get, you know, um, try and get it done. And I do have some emails from them that actually have reported some issues, but the work never got done. One stage we had a property manager, there was over the many years we had nine different property managers and we had a, a fairly decent... At one stage we had a fairly decent property manager in um, who left in 2015, 2016 actually, and um, she actually recommended the properties be delisted if the landlord wasn't going to do the maintenance required because they were the house was dangerous as was the next door's house, which was owned by the same landlord. Was, you know, we, could, we couldn't get it. Either of us in either house, In both houses couldn't get any maintenance done. Should, the property manager went back, apparently, and told the real estate director that our houses should be delisted off, off their books because they couldn't be held liable they weren't going to be held liable for his incompetence or his neglect and um, I believe she I, I've, I'm of the belief that she got the sack for suggesting that the landlord is a very powerful businessman in Geelong and it seems to be that you can get away with anything if you have influence um,
1: So how did that all finish
2: up now you've been in this property for some months. How did it end up finishing up with that last place? Well, we've. Next Wednesday will be our last VCAT appearance, but we've had 10. This will be the 10th VCAT hearing since January this year. And you're taking the landlord to court? Yes, I'm suing him for $10,000 compensation for. Um, it works out. 10% of the rent over 12 years for not having a shower, 10% of the rent over seven years for not um, not having um, a toilet, or oh, sorry, five years, and 5% of the rent for not having heating for seven years. So I can't sue him for the full rent, but I can sue him a percentage of the rent per facility he was supposed to provide that wasn't properly maintained and looked after
1: and can you flesh out in case anybody is wondering uh why why on earth you stayed there that long putting up with those conditions can you flesh out yep. why that was the case yeah
2: definitely well you know being a single parent you're at the mercy of the market so you're basically um, putting up with a lot of, and I tried to do as many repairs as possible. I replaced curtains, I fixed doors, I anything that wasn't um, electrical or building, I tried to fix myself um, because I was happy to do that. I was ha- I was paying um, market rent above market rent for probably the first four years and then below market rent for the last eight but you know and I was happy to you know I didn't want to nag the real estate at every occasion so I was happy to do little bit of repairs and also replacing things but um you know you really feel at the mercy um of market forces because you if you kick up too much of a Fuss like I eventually did Kick up a bit of a fuss And that's when you get told Well you have to move out So I got a 120 day no fault eviction notice In November last year And um, Yeah And moved out um, And uh, Yeah I've been in this current House for About five months now So And yeah paying a fortune in rent but it was pretty much you my only um yeah opportunity as time was running out so time sort of became of the essence so we basically jumped jumped on this place here but yeah it was just really annoying because you know People said, why didn't you take him to BCAT? Why didn't you take them to BCAT? And I did make numerous reports to Consumer Affairs, but I felt that if I did force the issue and take him to BCAT, take the landlord to BCAT, that I would have been out sooner um, rather than the 12 years. But the house was getting to the point, well, it was unlivable, and it was probably unlivable for the last three years, But having a disability and a young baby makes you extraordinarily vulnerable. And, yeah, you just... I mean, it was just right at that precipice of the house becoming completely unlivable that I had my daughter and also had the um, spinal issues which I spent a month in hospital for and was told complete, back, complete bed rest for the rest of my pregnancy. So you've got the issues of um, having a baby, having health issues and also poverty um, and the house dilapidating at a rapid rate over the last three years. Um, really, I felt very trapped and I felt like... When I finally did move out, as much as I am extraordinarily broke now, that I left an abusive relationship, I really did. I, I, yeah, I was often promised things that were never would never occur, or I was told things had happened and they didn't happen. But because there was the nine property managers over the years. No one really had full knowledge and full depth of the situation. Mm. And also, too, as I said to the last property manager, when we were finally wrapping it up, wrapping the eviction up and one of the court cases, I I held her hand, and I know it sounds probably a bit um, sympathetic to her, but she was only new into the situation. But I did hold her hand and I said... What needs to happen in future if you have long-term tenants and you can't get your landlords to fix anything is you either need to delist the property or say this tenant's put up with a lot for many years. How about we go to them and negotiate a time of tenancy ending. We realise the property is in bad shape. We realise that we can't get the landlord to do anything. Um, And so you go to that tenant and you say, let's negotiate an outcome and a smooth transition. The way it was handled by the real estate agency was pretty appalling and, you know, I felt like even if they delisted the property many years ago, that they could have then maybe helped me get a new place but they never did and it was just yeah there was just this real harshness to it um the current property manager has empathy but at the end of the day she has to look after her own job you know and she she obviously is wanting to you know keep her job and she you know I think she realizes that if she went and back to the landlord and was really harsh on him that she probably wouldn't be employed now either.
1: Uh, Hi this is Jeff Farrell I'm in from Texas in the U.S. I've escaped the troubles of, of my continent to come here to Australia. You're listening to Ruminations on 3CR. What a great station, great people, always a pleasure.
0: Did you know volunteering contributes to a happier life? Want to know what you can do to make a difference in your local community of Whittlesea? Whittlesea Community Connections hold a volunteer information session every month. It is a friendly session where you get to meet others and be linked to not-for-profit organisations. Contact Michelle from Whittlesea Community Connections on 94016630 or visit our website www.whittleseacc.org.au. To find out more, I'm 3CR supporter. Boldness, campaigning for human rights for people with disabilities. Join us every third Wednesday of the month at 6pm on 3CR.
2: Hi, I'm Melissa from Ivanhoe and you're listening to 3CR Community Radio. I love the Richmond Football Club. Go Tigers! Yay. <laughs> Hey,
1: how you going? You're with Kelly on Ruminations Three CR's Peer Homeless Issues Program, and we've been listening to Rebecca from Port Arlington talking about her really rather disastrous time uh, in private rent uh, with a slumlord, and how she felt it was like being in an abusive relationship. Um, really terrible stuff but we're really stoked um, that Rebecca uh, spoke to the program and is uh, was happy to share her story so um, uh, we'll uh, go back to there and listen to um, uh, the rest of Rebecca's story uh, how hopeful are you um, in getting a win with the case
2: I'm pretty hopeful I'm, I'm at the stage because it's dragged on for so long that I just want it to end <laughs> Um, you know, I've made, I, I've got some plans in my head if the case does go against me. I don't think it will, but of the on the off chance that it does go against me, um, that, you know, I will just, you know, have to buckle up and pay compensation to them for, you know, what they're claiming to be damages and whatever, which is just ridiculous. They've basically tried to negate my compensation claim by getting expensive um, quotes from cleaners and expensive, ridiculously expensive quotes from um, you know various tradespeople to fix the house up when I know that they're not going to fix the house up for a start they're going to leave it empty and secondly to try to get money off me when the work hasn't been done and uh, my legal representation has basically said you know they can't get money off you if the work's not being done so and so we're, we're going to court with alternative quotes which are about as about half the price of um their quotes so we're hoping that the member will find In our favour, so you know. um, But I would recommend to everyone out there who is dealing with um, you know any kind of rental situation, do everything by email. Because as I've found, I've lost phones with important texts on them, and they also had important footage and and um, pictures on them. Do everything by email because you never lose your email um, no matter if you lose your phone so any interaction should be via email and then it's all written and it's in chronological order and you know just over the years um, I didn't communicate um, via email for probably the first Six or seven years, so we've got we've lost six or seven years worth of reporting and things like that. Some of it is written on the um, inspection reports when they come and did their six monthly inspection. Some of the complaints is written on the various inspection reports, but because of the uh, constant changing of the property managers, there are some things that are missed. And, um, yeah, it's just definitely do everything by email. I I can't stress that enough. So, and you've got a full <laughs> flow on of, you know, and then if the property managers change or the real estate agencies change, then, you know, you've still got all of that in, in chronological order. So, yeah. And how easy or difficult was it to get legal
1: representation?
2: It was hard. It was actually really hard. I went to Legal Aid. Then I went to South Bowen Community Legal. Legal Aid wouldn't... They didn't feel that they were able to deal with the case. Then uh, South Bowen Community Legal basically... Um, <laughs> they, they said that they only represent public housing tenants. I... Ended up going with um, Matthew Smith from Diversitat, who's been absolutely fantastic. But he's the only tenants representative for the entire Geelong region, which is outrageous, absolutely outrageous. Um, one person doing the job of for a hundred and fifty to one hundred and eighty thousand renters is insane um he's really inundated and but he's very knowledgeable and and um very determined to you know get good outcomes for tenants but at the same time he's limited by the fact that he has a lot of people he has to deal with mm. so I I remember when Geelong had a tenants unions office And there was, you know, 10 employees in the office that, you know, there was a good five or six advocates and all their administration stuff and a good five or six um, tenancy advocates and maybe three or four um, admin staff to support them. And it used to be on Packington Street and it was, you know, sort of, yeah, in the um, late 80s to late 90s that... And I just feel like people are being let down by the system. The system is failing them. I have found that with the members of VCAT, they have been relatively empathetic. Um, I have seen them make some stern recommendations to the real estate property manager um, and and sort of... I suppose rebuff what they've tried to sort of say or or do. So that's been that's been good. So we just fingers crossed that it the planets aligned (laughs) Mm. (laughs) on Wednesday that that, when it works out, Mm. you know. So at the end of the day, I just wanted. I always just wanted a safe home to live in, and and I'm I am really sad that the house that I was in which I loved and is, you know, I've, let, I've had to leave it and that people see that house as being just a financial asset whereas it was our haven. Mm-hmm. And it was a beautifully built house and just makes me really sad. I feel sad for the house you know so yeah i'm lucky in ways because i'm reasonably well known in the community for doing lots of community work um that i have been offered permanent rentals if i wasn't well known in the community for doing that work then i would be pretty much out at sea i'd be in trouble and I'm very, very fortunate that I live in a beautiful community where people care about each other. And if you put your hand up, they're not judging you. They say they come together and they support you and they help you. So basically, I'm very, um, I'm very, very lucky because, um, you know, people often feel ashamed when they feel like they've, they've had a failure with their housing or there's I've had a lot of people come to me that have become homeless through no fault of their own and I hear their stories through what I do in the community and they've become homeless through no fault of their own and they feel and they they don't feel like they can go out and say hey I need a place to live because of the stigma attached to poverty and to perhaps living on the margins because um you know i'm I'm just very fortunate to be able to have had that connection with those people where i can help in some kind of way and then when i've needed help that's been repaid um and and, you know community is everything and where i live is a just you know the community is golden. You know and i don't ever want to move away from here i will be sad if i ever have to you know and i we we currently are you know very aware that there are probably gentrifiers knocking on the door of this little beautiful hamlet that we live in but um we're very fortunate that we've got a lot of activists and passionate people in our town who will Try and resist it as much as possible um, and make sure that the vulnerable are
1: being cared
0: for. <laughs> My name is Angela, I'm 30. I come from Auckland, New Zealand. And my favorite food may maybe cookies. <laughs> oh, excellent decision! One <laughs>
2: Um eine Aufnahme...
0: If listen to three, say oh, clap
2: your hands. If you listen to three, say oh, clap your hands. If you listen to three, say oh, I yes, sure know where you
0: are. If you listen to three, say oh, clap your hands. If you listen to three, say oh, clap your hands. If you listen to three, say
2: oh, clap your hands. we'll check out the happy vibe. Up and subscribe. If you listen 3CR, uh, What who the hell is that? Flap your ears. What are you talking about? I ain't no elephant. Get out of here. This is handmade radio. Flap your ears. Get, out. Get the hell out of here
0: now. I know Bradley Garrett. I'm a cultural geographer at the University of Sydney and you're listening to Ruminations on 3CR.
1: Hey, you're with Kelly on Ruminations 3CR's Peer Homeless Issues Program. Thanks very much for your company up to now. I hope you're really enjoying the show today. We've got some sounds from Port Arlington and I've got another one coming up and this is a, a recording I made out on the, um, uh, sitting out on the cafe on the main street of uh, Port Arlington with a, uh, a few really great women who are involved in a, a little project down there. Rebecca, that we've been uh, listening to so far, got this project up and going a few years ago the Food is Free Laneway. Um, but I'll let the ladies do the talking.
2: <laughs> She's happy now. She's
1: well, here we are in, uh, would you say, picturesque Port Arlington? Divine Port Arlington. Divine yeah. Port Arlington. Um, here on a wintry uh, August day um on a weekend and um I'm here with three awesome women, um Rebecca, Nicole and Karen. Karen, sorry, Karen. Um who've got a little project going um in Port Arlington and uh I've come to speak to them about it.
2: Who would like to introduce it? Hi, my name is Rebecca. And I originally started the Buddhist Free Laneway Project uh, in December of 2018, I think it was. We've been going for about 18 months. It was specifically um, formed initially because I knew of people that were living on the margins in the Ballerine Peninsula area that weren't being acknowledged, that weren't being seen and they were sort of, I suppose, um, enduring um, difficulties and, um, and also um, a lot of... Um, ..a few uh, of the Indigenous mob that were um, still living in Port Arlington that didn't sort of have um, their culture recognised and the Aboriginal history of this area of which we thank the traditional elders, the Wathaurong people of which we're on Kulin nation land, but they weren't uh, being recognized by the local middle-class white-bred community. And I felt that the laneway would be a positive thing to make connections within within our little community to um, connect people that, yeah, were living on the margins. And and so we could show them that that they belonged and that they were important and and hopefully go a little way to helping them feel um, less left out. And um, obviously those enduring poverty or substance abuse um, issues or mental health issues, that was really important that we um, show them that this was a safe, that the laneway was a safe space and that was a welcoming space for them
0: and um, if they
2: ever needed food as well you know we were happy to help and yeah so it's been terrific.
1: Nicole paint a picture for the listener Mm -hmm. the visual picture of what the laneway looks like. Hi I'm Nicole
0: I'm actually pretty new to Port Arlington I've only been here for a couple of weeks but a dear friend of mine Celia who this group also loves and is a part of this group, but unfortunately she's not here with us today. Um, She first took me down to the laneway. So for me, it was kind of an in um, socially as well, to meet new people. And it's a really quaint little laneway with a view of the beach and little boxes there that you can come and collect the food. So it's a gathering place, really.
1: So is it like a laneway, um, like a concrete laneway next to a shop or something? It's
0: actually next to a house. Mm. Um, I don't know if there have been any issues with um, the people that live there. (laughs) <laughs> Let's not bring that up. Well, yeah, we don't Is, is oh, it
2: important to talk oh, about
1: that. Like it important to talk about.
2: We've had resistance. We've had resistance from not many locals, but but we've had resistance from a, a couple of locals, and and that's that comes with the territory when you sort of, I suppose doing something that people who live in a capitalist society don't quite understand all they know is uh, what's theirs and, and and you know they don't quite understand what um, what what that connection means with in regards to um, offering free food and how it connects people and and, and that's understandable because they don't you know I come from a very radical sort of background and I don't expect everyone to understand that because in mainstream society we do have this idea of um, you know that you buy things you don't and and you know you, you give this money over to to corporations you know when you buy food um, so this idea of giving away free food was just... Uh, in having a, a space for everyone to be and for everyone to feel welcome no matter what their circumstances was something... We're so used to society being divided and and into little groups and it was not something that people could... that came... that we're used to capitalism and, and small country towns we used to understanding. So... That's mm. been a challenge, but that's okay. That's okay. You know, it's, it's on the minority. It's been widely embraced, majorly, and we have a third of Port Arlington's population in our group, which is, I think, population of Port Arlington's 3,600, and we have 1,200 people in our group, which has been tremendous. So there is a very radical um, current that goes through Port Arlington comes across as a very white bread society, and to an extent it is. But there's also a very strong, radical activist, progressive undercurrent um, to this town, which is terrific. Do you know what so, I have to
0: say? From my when I first went there, I felt the love in the laneway. way. Yeah. Because I was, I mean, I know I was there with Celia. Yeah. And she knew you all, but everyone yeah. ran up to me and gave me hugs and made me feel really welcome.
2: It's an unconditional love. I think that's what I've really wanted to, I suppose, keep it, that pure, unconditional love. Doesn't matter if, you know, where you come from, who you are, what you've endured, you're safe, you're welcome, and, and, um, yeah, we embrace you. That's important.
0: Um, so, what's, Karen, what's your involvement been in the laneway? Well, I, came, I ran away from Melbourne in 2015 and um, and came to live here. I lived in Mirriburnong and for quite, oh maybe over a year I was quite isolated down here. I sort of went to work four days a week on the train and did sort of 13 hour days so I wasn't, had no energy for much. But then I joined a few groups, on actually Facebook connected me through groups so free staff and that, and the, there was a couple of other groups on Ballerine and I found um, Food is Free Laneway and I, because I'm a passionate gardener, I connected with the group and it's been fabulous and it has been a social outlet for me. I've met some gorgeous women and we, you know, we have absolute laughs and, that, and I think having someone to laugh with is so important you know, when you feel, when you've been feeling isolated. I think that's the most important thing. And as a gardener, do you bring stuff there, or do you do you get stuff? I take away and I I, um, I donate as well. And what I love too, there's a, a community that people people will make preserves and things, and they'll leave. They won't just leave veggies. They'll leave um, beautiful um, tomato chutneys and things, mm-hmm. and which is. And people, someone left kombucha. I was going to say got I kombucha, kombucha on the this week. Because you saw beautiful
2: yeah. Mary, the nun from she's a, a nun from Werribee. She has a a holiday cabin down here, and she brings um you know her zucchini chutneys and her apricot jams and and just you know out of the goodness of her heart, she'll often take. You know, uh maybe zucchinis or whatever is in season from the laneway and she'll bring back the made produce and give it away, like right? just you know and um oh what was it uh, Mar- marissa marissa Portelli she was incredible, she used to take these you know beautiful tomatoes, lots of tomatoes away, and bring back these bottles of passata. and she used to she introduced us to this the most amazing because i'm not italian but this most amazing italian tradition of making passata and how it's a family event everyone gets involved in making passata over um you know sort of autumn once all the all the fruit from the tomato vines has been picked and and how they sort of preserve it and give it away to all their family members and and neighbors and and there's this really strong tradition with making passata with Italian families, which we and the nunnas that come, the beautiful Maltese and and Italian and Greek nunnas that come, and they say to me, don't don't throw away anything because we can cut when when food goes soft, and and they smack one of them smacked my hand. and said, don't you throw that away? It's still still you know we just cut that off and you know and they'll they'll, they don't waste a thing it's so it's about food waste as well you know preventing food waste we also have um dumpster divers they'll come yeah the friggin population
0: in, in yeah I was impressed that the um, the dumpster divers were sharing with the food is free laneway so often you get packets of food that are sitting you know and we all find out about it because of the Facebook page which, which Beck was talking about before but um I've never, yeah, I've never come across Facebook page, uh, not Facebook, excuse me, Dumpster divers. so I've I've heard about it and I've, you know, I've not been in a position myself to have to do it, but there's so much waste out there. Yeah. And it seems that, I'm not going to say the brand, it starts with A, but they leave their bins open and it's, um, there's a lot of food that's that's, um, brought from them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and just you know, we we probably have once a month we have a good dumpster dive drop. Um, Someone from around here, they shall remain anonymous, um, goes and dumpster dives and gets heaps, and will obviously share their excess. We also have a friend, an anarchist gardener from Batesford, friend. He's a friend of the laneway bill. He's he plants food plants wherever he can and he will often travel all the way from across the other side of Geelong by bus with his dog and he will bring us seeds and little seedlings and uh, our, the, the fig tree cuttings that he did and you know he gets really excited and animated when we see him at the laneway and he's what you're doing is revolutionary and he's wonderful he's like an old hippie from the 70s He's fantastic. <laughs> and uh you know he just he's just thinks it's wonderful and um, we think he's wonderful i mean traveling you know nearly an hour away to drop the generosity and the love that he wants to share is is and we have people coming from the other side of melbourne who might holiday down here in port arlington and come across the lane way and go wow you know this is amazing and you know we're we're all up for encouraging other people to start their own laneways as well or little food stands and sharing because food has a connect an ability to connect people it's 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 amazing you know um with food not bombs for example and how they were um doing the their food cook-ups um you know and and connecting people that just sort of came along and and now we've sort of, I suppose, since the laneway started, we've had lots of different projects. First, there was a little free book library that started. Then there was One Coat Australia where you can go and swap clothes or you can go and pick up a warm coat or some blankets or whatever from a bin at, a, at one of the local houses out front of the... And then, you know, we had the community cupboard, Kieran's community cupboard, which has packaged foods and dog food and... Toiletries for people and oh there's in the free cycle group which is about, you know, if you've got old furniture, get you know, getting people to to come and and grab it if they need it and and sort of so reducing waste. Plastic free ballerine, which is you know, all about beach clean ups and keeping our area nice
0: and tidy and sort of started a bit of a revolution. (laughs) I think for me for me it's about Bring empathy back into our society because yeah. it's, it's something that's really missing because it's such a it seems to be such a greedy sort of society so so these groups just bring bring the empathy back and you know makes you not think of yourself and other people yeah
1: I was going to ask yeah why do you think these things are sprouting
0: up yeah oh, there's absolute need for yeah, for people to care for each other yeah. and especially with global warming happening and um, the sea rising and that's you know and our food will be limited if bees disappear as well yep. so it's a it's very important that we think about these things now it's and actually realise, scary yeah, yeah we oh. realize that governments
2: aren't going to do the work communities have the answers if communities are connected or well, if they're consulted at the very least they have the answers to helping i mean I suppose in ways you are limited in regards to certain things, but if you see poverty or if you see crime or if you see um, different issues, you you know, I think the first thing you should do is look to each other. That's absolutely imperative. You all have the answers. Every community... I mean, Port Arlington is special in the way that there are like-minded people all connecting, but every community will have that it's just a matter of those people finding each other and connecting and and making this you know spurring this sort of little revolution of, of love and and
1: Oh, good on you, girls. That was really great hearing from the, the, the women crew down at Port Arlington Foodies Free Laneway. And I want to give a big thanks to Rebecca and her mates for, um, yeah, taking the time to let me uh, speak to them and record it so I could then, uh, you know, come back to Melbourne and play it for everybody here at 3CR and our listening audience. So, thanks very much. Um, so it's about time for me to um, uh, pop out of the studio and make way for Living Free, which is coming up next at 1 o'clock with Bill. So I want to thank you uh, for your company for the past hour. It's been a real treat. I haven't done a show for a while, so I really enjoyed it. Um, before I go, uh, one thing I don't want to forget is to um, let you know that the, the uh, songs that I played in the show um, – uh, the one just recently was from the uh, the Blade one, the Blade Runner uh, sound uh, track, um, and the one before that was by local artist uh, V, electronic artist, um, with her track called Way to Go. So I hope you really enjoyed the show, as I said, and the um, the themes. You know, of food and uh, community, and um, you know the education that people get when they get involved in the community. When you meet all different kinds of people, you you learn a whole bunch of uh, new stuff. Uh, it really makes life very interesting and diverse. Um, You can listen back to uh, Ruminations anytime on the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au slash ruminations. And on that page, you can also find our podcast. So I will bid you uh, adieu and um, see you next time on the Ruminations program. And I hope you have a really top day and I'll see you later. Hello, I am Gabriel Gatté. 3CR is like a souffle, a challenge to make, but it can just go higher and higher and higher. Support 3CR.